You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Nipe here with always typical idiot today's show we're going to be doing the 1984 disputed christmas classic silent night deadly night naughty punish punishing's good oh punish is very good (laughs) naughty naughty we can make a whole conversation out of this that wow yeah, it really is. And Billy His, basically does. Billy's mantra, yeah. if you will. One thing that I will say about um, Mother Superior is she was right. Her lessons instilled a lifelong discipline in him to the point in which it's all he could really utter. Yeah, pretty much. Once he broke. Yeah. After that immersion therapy, you called it? Yeah, yeah. immersion therapy. Yeah, he did have some exposure therapy, but then deep, deep, deep immersion therapy. <laughs> I think that maybe, according to this film, all post-traumatic stress disorder sufferers uh, post-war should become uh, Civil War reenactment characters. That would really help, especially with live cannons. (laughs) According to the logic of Silent Night, Deadly Night. And there is a lot of logic to be had in this film. Lids, it's that time of year again. Oh, it's time to do another Christmas special. I keep wanting to have those old sleigh bells we used to have around the house. Oh, my God, yeah. Take him him out of the barn just for this one occasion. Ching, ching, ching. I should, just so we can jingle for the intro. Oh, but it's getting time of that month. Snowing. It's actually... I think I'm bleeding. Well, no. (laughs) Red snow. No, um, actually, when we were watching the movie, there was some picturesque snow outside. There was more snow outside than there actually is. In uh, uh, Salt Lake City? Yeah, it was from, like, in Utah. (laughs) Two places in Utah, but I don't think they had that much snow. We were musing that the snow was trucked in or that, like, they recycled the snow, which, by the end, looks like they've used that same snow. It looks like Canada looks in, like, late April. (laughs) Like, the snow has been sitting around. It's all covered in soot and gross and grime, and it's only, like, in patches and shit. Like when you find snow under a wood pile in June, that's the kind of snow it looked like. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of fucking pathetic. We have done a lot of Christmas classics, Lids, over our years, years of doing this fucking show. Years, guys. Years. We've done Christmas Evil last year. We've done Black Christmas, taking the creme de la creme of of the Christmas horror genre. Some of the best that the genre period has to offer. And now we are going to, let's say, slum it a little bit in the best way possible. I don't want anyone to think that I don't like this movie. However, in comparison to some of our other Christmas treats. I thought we were slumming it with Santa's little helper. Or sorry, (laughs) Satan's little helper. That's really a Halloween movie, but I always think of Christmas. That's true. It's probably because of the title and the fact that like the guy that made that movie like yelled at us or something. 
Oh, that one time that my dad had a dyslexic moment and was all excited because we we're going to watch Satan's Little Helper and he had queued it up and he was all ready to watch it and he got it on Netflix and he queued it up and it was ready and we we're going to watch it and he got all excited and he turned it on and it was actually a movie called Santa's Little Helper. And even though it was a family comedy, which is like my fucking kryptonite, we actually watched it just because he'd been so excited and it was yeah. just kind of ridiculous. But I actually like, I have a tree. We don't have any decorations on it right now at the moment, but I'm going to decorate it, honestly. That's true. I was like, you can try to find you one of those uh, those fun Krampus ornaments or like perhaps a, 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 a Baphomet or something. That would be nice. That would be nice. But we don't want to waste our everyday ornaments on, on something silly like a tree. So I'm going to make a felt witch hat. Oh. topper tree topper nice and got some little black flowers that weren't used as decoration for our wedding that are going to go on the tree and i have some little uh pewter ornaments and stuff like that so it'll gonna... be done i usually decorate it on my birthday and we're recording this ahead of time of course like we always do so it's not quite my birthday yet so true yeah yeah it's coming but it is festive in here we've got the higge going on that sort of like Nordic coziness. Mm. I'll definitely say that this place has some Nordic coziness to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just really impressed because you have like carpets laid down, and to me, that's like rich people stuff. Because <laughs> we have carpets. It's just to dumb down the noise of the dogs. <laughs> well, you have dogs. That's very Nordic. Yeah, that is. They they do look kind of uh, wintry, don't they? What they need is antlers. And they also need to be quiet. But it is that time of year. So off the top, uh, Pray Light Eve, One, Two, and probably Night Face are going to be free on Kindle on Amazon for the holiday week. So check out uh, LydiaPeeper.ca or go over to Amazon.com slash Lydia and you can find what books of mine are on special because I'm going to have, I, every year I do a holiday offer if it's not from my birthday to Christmas, from my Christmas to New Year's. I think I'm going to do Christmas to New Year's this year. So LydiaPeaver.ca. Yeah, you guys are definitely going to want to check that out. Also, I'll just uh, redirect your attention to Webtoons. Um, Teresa, The Darkness Lingers is the second issue. Uh, it's out now. This is probably in, by the time this airs, the second week of um, the release. As always, your guys' support has been really, really amazing. Check it out. Subscribe. Um, it really helps us out. Uh, it tells Webtoons that you like the content. The views are, are really incredible, and the subs keep climbing. So, yeah, just uh, do that. Also, one last thing. Last year, I made a Krampus Christmas special with Panels of Blood. Um, if you guys like, check that out. It was the longest Panels of Blood I ever did because I read an entire couple of comics to complete an entire story in one sitting ended up being a couple hours long it feels like just yesterday i was sitting here watching trick-or-treat and we're all on halloween and the doherty thing definitely reminded me of that just how short of a time we have between our true awesome year-end extravaganza holiday that warms our hearts halloween hmm? and this fucking shit <laughs> lydia is not uh the, the the christmas lady that i would like her to be she indulges me with this fucking crap because i'm a fucking christmas boy good good christmas boy and i love christmas specials and the idea that we would make content and not do something for christmas like is like listen my brain warps we all become stop animation. It's Rankin and Bass Christmas special, one episode a year. You're very sweet to fucking put up with my bullshit, um, and it is bullshit. I'm nodding because yep, I am. Yeah, you are very sweet. And 
time does seem short when we judge it the way I judge time in between podcasts. I do have a gift for you. Oh? It's a gigantic jar of horseradish that my dad made homemade himself. Horseradish? Yes. Lids. You may not know this about me. I fucking love horseradish. Okay, good. I did good. <laughs> well, I figured, you know, that's a really good Christmas gift. That's a really good Christmas gift. And you know what I like about it? It'll help clear out my fucking sinuses and stuff like that. I am still sick. Yeah, yeah, which is insane. And yes, it will. It will clear you out like a fucking tablespoon of wasabi never could. Whoa. Do you want to try it, like, live on the air? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Did you really? Yes. Will it ruin your tea? No, it won't. You know, fuck it, we're doing it. This is, like, the closest that we're going to come to being, like, jackass. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's like, hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, your boy, DingoMan69. Welcome to our horseradish challenge. (laughs) This is your jar. Oh, wow. It's a lot. This is a lot of freaking horseradish, people. I'll open my jars already open. Okay. Horseradish. Okay. So, wait a second. Are you sure this is the same horseradish? Because, like, you're not going to, like, prank me with, like, very powerful horseradish? No. Okay. You know what? You hesitated a little bit on that. Do you want to taste your own horseradish then? No. I'm, I'm going to... I'm, I'm, I'm in this. I'm in this to win this. There we go. This gang, so you can, so you can like... Oh. Oh, that smell creeps. Mm, this is a full mason jar. <laughs> a full mason jar of horseradish. I'm not going to eat the whole thing because I'm not a, a wild animal. I'm going to have to taste yours because my jar won't open. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. I have already opened it, too. Like, Chris does not eat horseradish. But I'm taking quite a bit here. I don't okay. recommend okay. trying this at home. I okay. also don't recommend quite taking quite that much. It's very powerful. Okay. Hang on a sec. I'll put- I just worry for you. All right. I'm th- that there we go. Okay, so I've got about a half of a teaspoon. Wes has got about um, about three quarters of a teaspoon. Yeah, I got a smaller bit. Yeah. Ready? All right, I'm ready to do this. Okay. Horseradish in my mouth. Whoa. Okay. It's happening. Can you feel it coming up your sinuses <clears throat> and out your nose and then back in your mouth again? It's like a French inhale of insanity. <clears throat> oh my God, it's happening. Eyes are watering. Yeah. Can you see straight still? Yep, I can see straight. Oh. Now, it's not quite a scorpion pepper. It's not even a ghost pepper. The dogs are running away. I think they I think it's the smell. Yeah. Oh my god. That's so tasty though. Isn't it? There's nothing quite like freshly dug, ground up. It's just vinegar and horseradish. That's it. That is very good. Hopefully it will chase the very last vestiges of this cold that are lingering in your guts and in your head. It will chase it. I think it's gone now. I think you're healed. I feel like more powerful. Yeah, I do too. Like, I feel like it's like fucking garbage day here, people. Bang, bang. Chris is right. We should have done part two. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so tasty though. Like, yes, it's powerful, but I am a big fan of this horseradish. It's very good. I'll let my dad know. He'll be yeah, pleased. Let your dad know. I'm like, right now, I don't even care about the show right now. I'm thinking about like food that I can put this on. <laughs> <laughs> or just teaspoons of it. Yeah. Very cool. 
And I'm glad that we did that live on the air. Yeah. <laughs> and by live, I mean a recording. See through time right now. And that's how I felt when the first time I ate a ghost pepper. Um, I did feel like I could see through time. I felt like the self-transforming machine elves um, from Terrence McKenna's ayahuasca trip had reached through <laughs> from the 70s to tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, you shouldn't have eaten a whole ghost pepper. Oh, my God. Oh. It's healthy, healthy stuff. Yeah. And it'll warm you up in this chilly, chilly day. It's not being too, too cold here in Canada. Probably uh, a little bit cooler than Utah. And it looks like this was filmed in March or something. So. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. But don't you worry, Lids, because what they lack in snow, they'll make up in pure buffoonery. <laughs> And Christmas cheer because I don't even think I know those Christmas carols, and I thought I was. They don't Christmas exist on Carol. <laughs> they, they, they don't. They, these Christmas carols do not exist on planet Earth. They are all fucking lies. It's buck wild to me that it wasn't just like, oh, we need a quick uh, rendition of one or two Christmas songs. There's like fucking five, six, seven, like distinct Christmas songs. This is almost like when they made prom night originally they wanted to put a bunch of contemporary songs in you know disco shit you know it was the 70s or early 80s and then last minute it's like no 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 no. all those songs are going to cost a fortune so last minute they had to make a whole bunch of new songs and that's where you get like prom night all right like you get yeah, these weird it's not saturday night fever it's not ex- Travolta. it's ex- not exactly bgs exactly this seems like the exact same fucking thing. Although, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I really have no idea, but I would think that you could at least get quite a few Christmas carols that are in the public domain. For sure. There's many that uh, they don't know who wrote them. There's many that are copywritten or are erroneously thought to be a public domain, but a lot of them are not. Or you could use... What is the word I'm looking for? Instrumental versions of many of them. Mm-hmm. We'll get it. You know, you can play not Christmas music. You could play Vivaldi and people yeah. will feel Christmassy. So they could have done a lot of things. But no, we get our wonderful Christmas carols and Christmas fever is probably one of my favorite ones. But I know what your favorite song is. Oh, don't. Which is it? Wait. One Side of the Door. Uh. It's always Christmas on One Side of the Door, Wes. First of all, that's an insane thing to say. Second of all, that entire sequence can go for the fucking hell. It's like it's like an, an 80s sitcom intro that went complete with like close-up shots of characters looking at other characters and just like shaking their heads and smiling with just enough time to have their name across the bottom. <laughs> if they would have done that, I would love this movie even more. Yeah. One yeah. thing about you saying how we've covered quite a few of the bigger names in, in Christmas, uh, we've covered some really dark beats as well, um, like Hell House and stuff like that. We just yep. got off the thing, which isn't really Christmassy, but it's that cold, bleak, dreary, mm, horrible, mm-hmm. isolationist, existentialist stuff that it fits more at home with me we did crimson peak last year which is more of the traditional ghost story for Mm -hmm. christmas which is part of why i like to put my stories up on offer and now Teresa can maybe not a ghost story but 
fits as far as dark stories to tell over Christmas around the fire or to curl up and read mm-hmm. in front of your candle or whatever the fuck. We're going to be heading into 30 Days of Night, which is nice and dark and cold for me. I really enjoy that. Yeah, um, I guess some modern vampire movies, too. That's been a long time coming for something like that. The one thing we haven't stumbled upon, though, which is my holy grail, I guess, of Santa movies, I still don't know what Santa involved horror movie it was that my mother was watching when I was really little and there's a particular killer Santa in my mind and I can go through I've gone through other killer Santa movies and I've never quite discovered this particular film this sadly was not it this was not and and when we're talking about this mysterious Santa Claus film we have like li- listen like as you guys could probably imagine between Lydia and I do you, like come on like like we could probably think of what it might have been and every suggestion that we spitball it's not it consistently not it yeah yeah although um is it all through the house or this new this other one we discovered yeah there was um uh, I was like, to all a good night or something to like that. To all a good night, yeah. yeah. To all a good night. That's one I haven't seen. Yeah. That, that could be it. It could we'll be it. We'll find out. We'll find out someday, maybe next year. Maybe. This ongoing saga of what the fuck movie was it. Because there will always be another Christmas and there will always be another special. But this time, oh, it's Silent Night, Deadly Night. And this film actually, um, in terms of Christmas horror actually has quite a huge cult following. People love this fucking movie. Do you think it was that because it is like a campy, strange little film all by itself and it would garner this interest if it was released quietly? Or is it because it had such a whirlwind of controversy, much like Clown did? I think that the controversy played a huge part in that. Now, now remember, and for those of you who aren't initiated into that, this film very famously was put in the hot seat because of some controversial advertising. Um, People thought that this movie was probably more kid-friendly. And so they found out when they went to go see the picture, this is far from kid-friendly. And criticism about a horror movie advertising to, in their opinion, children because Santa Claus about a killer Santa Claus, even though we had seen holiday horror released before. This is not the first time that um, a a dark Christmas movie had been made um, up until the 70s, but not not, uh, to exclude things like the original Tales from the Crypt film, Black Christmas, not a killer Santa, but still taking place on Christmas. Uh, I believe Christmas Evil was 1980. So like, and they had a more of a cartoony uh, one sheet. Yeah, yeah, like looked almost like a fucking Coca Cola ad or something like that. This, I mean, again, yes, this is dark uh, in some places. It's graphic, but it's also pretty fucking cartoony. Like Black Christmas is a more serious movie, far more serious. Um, as is uh, Christmas Evil. That's a more serious movie. Uh, doesn't have as high a body count, but I mean, this film was so controversial that when it was released, it was pulled after only two weeks of a theatrical release. So that, I believe, both the notoriety, infamy, whatever you want to call it, plus the fact that it got pulled from theaters early, um, would have contributed greatly to really, in the truest sense of the word, cult 
film. Mm-hmm. And it's ongoing chatter, the fact that it didn't make it as a video nasty, or a video naughty in this mm-hmm. case. Uh, the second one did have a little bit of back and forth with that film board, but um, it would make me want to go see it. If I were a young teen at that time, Did or I? a young adult, oh yeah, a band movie? Fucking count me in. Yeah, a movie so controversial that made people so upset that you pulled it after two weeks, even though the initial box office receipts for the film were actually quite high, which meant that, I believe, you know, if memory serves me, 2.5 to $3 million over its opening uh, weekend, which is great for 1984. Um so not only did you get the movie pulled early, but what happens in week two and week three when you have a popular slasher movie? Word of mouth. Oh my God, Lydia, I just saw this fucking crazy slasher movie. You got to go see it next weekend. You want to go see it? Oh, it got pulled from theaters. Then it's going to become like a fucking obsession. Yeah. Like you're like, now I have to see this movie. Um, so, uh, you know, nowadays we throw around the term cult film quite loosely. This really is classic cult. It instantly created a cult, too, just with that scenario, because there would be that one friend out of 15 that had been so lucky to go see it, or that one group of friends at school that had been lucky to go see it, and everyone else is in the dark. Mm. So they're instantly a true cult, making Mm -hmm. it a true cult film at the time. And having the... So many people... I know people who've recently said the garbage day line from part two who have never seen either film and it's just permeated that garbage day line has become that line like oh my god from troll 2 like it is just it it has it has just become so viral and so uh mimetic that yeah like like people will send you garbage day clips and I know for a fact that the person sending it to me has no idea what that movie is. Yeah. They just think it's funny. And it is. But, <laughs> but um, So th- it's just a very interesting space that this film occupies, especially when you realize how weird a fucking movie Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is. But, um, but even Silent Night, Deadly Night 1, when it was released eventually, when you got the VHS copies and stuff like that, it was heavily, heavily edited. Which is wonderful because the things that they edited were having to do with Santa Claus. Any weapons around Santa, blood around Santa, death with Santa right there kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That was all edited out, which is the most hilarious way to edit. It wasn't like the kills and the aftermath of the kills and Mm -hmm. body discoveries and stuff like that. Uh, It was just if Santa was involved. That's Mm -hmm. how picky they were and how bitchy they were about this whole Santa thing. Unfucking real looking flash forward to today to some of the santa scenes we have even in trailers that would have been the exact cause of this moral outrage from one film now there's quite a few films that really tear apart the santa trope as it were Mm -hmm. it's great i don't know we've even used the garbage day chris tosses it around a lot he's a big fan he's a big fan of one side of the door. I know he was fucking really defending that. Yeah, I'm. I, I, I hope that someday he he does a cover of that because the vinyl for this. I don't know if it includes carols, but I went specifically looking for the carols from this because they're all just Christmas gold. You know what? I will say this. You know, with all this controversy going on with like baby, it's cold outside, and and you know people are, you know, like I was even saying it the other day when I when they turn on the Christmas music in my store. 
I'm like, what the fuck is going on with our lives here, people? It's like, all of a sudden, December 1st rolls around, and our fucking store becomes a goddamn USO show. Like, I'm listening to, like, Malakaliki Maka is Hawaii's way. It's like a song literally from the 40s, and, and, like, listening to recordings of songs that are, like, in their 80th year on planet Earth. And I'm just like, why do we still hold on to these old Christmas standards? Why don't we have some more modern stuff? And even though 1984 isn't modern, but you got a spattering, a speckle. You got, you got, you got, you got some more Christmas gold. A clutch of new carols. Yeah, you could just toss right in there. Christmas fever. Our store, yeah, Christmas. Our store plays Pasha Bell's Cannon for some reason in the Christmas rotation. What is that about? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry to go on a tangent about that. But But anyway, what the hell is this movie even about anyway, Wes? This movie is about what happens when you do not educate your nuns properly and just shove these poor servants of God into positions they have literally no right of being in, i.e., caregivers and educators that is a fantastic point and i agree wholeheartedly i myself have never been subject to the catholic school system and i know many people have and it's a lot different now than it was then yes nowadays this by the nowadays the teachers involved in the catholic school system are educated there is a catholic school board yeah yeah so it's not the same thing as it used to be but back in the 1970s yeah, it was very different. And like going back even further, uh, sisters being educated to to be properly able to deal with this type of, of uh, situation. And that, of course, means like, how do you look after orphans who might have PTSD? These women were not given psychology degrees. How do you educate someone in English? How do you try to maintain discipline in children? You, you don't know anything about how a child's mind works. That's not their fault. What happened was, was they entered the convents as teenagers. And then once they were done, they were sent out into the world and they were told, okay, you're teaching eighth grade English now, you're teaching history, uh, you're going to an orphanage and you're looking after orphans and this is what you're doing. And okay, so they did the best they could. But this, that, like, that's all I can concentrate on with Silent Night, Deadly Night is it is such uh, an indication of the problem with that. Um, because yes, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's easy to look at, you know, Mother Superior as just like this fucking sanctimonious scold and, and that's just what nuns were like. But that wasn't what all nuns were like. But that was she was that woman, especially at her age in the 1970s, was a product of this busted ass system. I don't mean to get in a whole thing about it, but it's oh just, no, it's a fine whole thing to get on because yeah. we're still seeing like the rumbling, the aftershocks of that sort of system. Um, not only with like the reconciliation movement, mm. which is the greatest end to that sort of torment that people were put in through the residential school system, which is not dissimilar, mm. but seeing some of the sex assault allegations coming mm. out of the churches still 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 and some very very profound ones in this in this region um, we're still seeing the aftershocks of that so i i don't think it's an unwarranted rant whatsoever and if only you would have been there instead of rallying against a movie that had santa claus on the cover with yeah. an axe <laughs> to rally against this sort of backwards brushing under the carpet mm-hmm. of having people being thrust into a situation where they're doing basically mis- missionary work where they have no right to be. 
yeah. and children not getting the sort of care and help that they needed. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the younger sisters, she is uh, aware of the problem. Yeah. And one thing I will say about this film uh, that I that I don't maybe it's lost in a discussion because. Listen, at the end of the day, it's a classic slasher. You got titties flopping everywhere. You got graphic deaths. You've got, you know, hokey acting in some parts. Uh, There's all that kind of stuff. But what this film does is it takes a minute, a couple of minutes, in fact, to, to start with our killer at a place we rarely see in their very young age and watch them progress as the killer. Now you could have made a whole movie about this, Mm -hmm. like a a kid who saw like the most heinous bloodthirsty killer who seems to be just like a common criminal, but is like very stabby and shooty and rapey for seemingly like the thrill of it. Like I said, like you kill the guy over thirty bucks, and then again, a guy pulled the gun on another guy f- to save thirty dollars. I was just like, take it. It's thirty dollars. Yeah. Do you want thirty dollars? I'll give it to you. Like, but it is cutthroat and bloodthirsty. Yeah, and so we see this trauma in its infancy. But the interesting thing is, it doesn't stop there because we're gonna jump ahead just a couple more years, and now we're gonna see young uh, Billy. And we're going to see that not only was that trauma in his life uh, sticking with him and every Christmas it got progressively worse, but now he was in a situation in this orphanage where um, it was only getting exacerbated by this very strict mother superior who you could see in that character's performance. I love that they just didn't player as the screeching banshee who was getting off on this torment she was just he's misbehaving this is how you discipline children so they behave yeah it's like and it it was not personal it wasn't like i hate you little billy it wasn't that she wasn't like the wicked witch it was it was so um callous it was so removed it was robotic Mm -hmm. um and and meanwhile you had a younger sister trying to say like don't you see what he's dealing with because there's a moment where at the very beginning where he's drawn a very graphic drawing something very uh uh, personal to me because my parents got called to a school because of graphic drawings that i had done as a kid which the scene this seems to me uh this sort of artwork with the sort of quality that you would have turned in at this age yeah even without having seen your parents get slaughtered by a maniacal santa yeah because it was just i don't know I like it was like my parents said it was like he likes he likes it yeah. like he's he's not dangerous he just likes it yeah you know what I mean like, it's more fun to draw it's more fun to draw everyone else is drawing the same thing I'll draw something different I'll decapitate the reindeer yeah mm-hmm. but yeah. Billy is a special case Billy is a special case in, the, in in this situation so but there's that moment where he does the drawing where you know Mother Superior is really coming down on him. I was like do they not know did they not have any idea why he was being brought to the fucking orphanage that he was put in their care? Of course, yes, he. they do know. Mother Superior doesn't... It doesn't matter. It's no, like, Sister Margaret makes it really clear. Like, yeah. he must remember. And Mother, the Mother Superior keeps stressing that he must not remember. He probably doesn't. Those memories will fade. Where Sister Margaret's like, no, they're they're surfacing more and more every year. We're having this problem every year. 
which would, like you said, you can make a whole movie about this. You could go year by year and just see the trauma that this kid goes through. And I'm sure he's fine the rest of the year because it's specifically Santa. But this year is an interesting one, of course, why it's entered, where he marries the ideas of Santa, sex, and punishment all together. He does because he sees some people getting it all. Or going to the bone zone, as my husband says. Oh, going to the bone going zone. To the bone zone. Um, well, not really. They're sort of just wiggling around and grunting. Sears catalog. Yeah. Well, I, see, I, I was weirded out by the Sears catalog. I, th- I thought that little boys liked the Victoria's Secret catalog. Well, I had Sears catalog. That's what I beat off to. Now, why do we have to make a fucking federal case about it? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, then. Um, let me have some more horseradish. No, um... No, I get what you're saying for sure. And so he gets disciplined. He sees naked people. And nudity, sex, it's very naughty. And naughty people are punished. It's crazy how much this kid absorbs very simple information, like the first time he ever hears it. Like, So you have a kid, happy kid, loves Santa Claus, goes to see his weird comatose grandfather who apparently is fucking with everybody. I don't know if he's fucking with everyone or if he just had a lucid moment. Maybe. Yeah. But so he meets his grandfather after... And so he goes from like, I can't wait to see Santa Claus. I love Santa Claus. And his his grandfather, admittedly, says the creepiest fucking shit I've ever heard an old man say. Um, and about how Santa's going to kill him. And then instantaneously, Santa is dangerous. Then he sees a guy dressed as Santa... Kills so Santa's bad. Santa like Santa is bad. Yeah, Yeah. Santa. And if you're naughty even once, he will punish you severely. And that's what he sees. Like I don't know if his the only thing that his parents that we see them do be naughty is where the mother insults the grandfather after they leave the nursing home, (gasps) and we get the very best child acting I've ever seen in my entire life. I want to meet this guy and shake his hand just because, yeah. you know, yes. When young Billy says, <gasps> it's just the best. You can't say bad things about old people. I'm yeah. like, oh, man. What that's a- naughty. Yeah. So that's the naughty thing that his mother did. And that's all it took. That's all it took. She didn't fuck her, his dad in front of him. She didn't, like, swear or drink beer in the no. car. She said a mean thing about old people. It's true. And then she got her throat slit. And her top torn off so now it is very simple things that he's absorbing very quickly but it's also very basic things um if you're naughty at all you get killed by santa and that has something to do with boobs because i saw them for the first time probably that night when my mom got her her throat slit my dad got shot to death yeah and all i could hear is my brother crying and crying through that whole thing so it was all very traumatic all very horrible so the very next time he sees boobs probably was that same time and then he got beat they got beat everyone got beat and then he got forced to sit on santa's knee so it's all marrying these things like boobs punishment santa boobs punishment santa i feel like that should be like a meme of some kind. Like, well, just then, boobs, punishment, Santa, and then I think to myself, is Linnea Quigley in this movie? <laughs> yeah. She is. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, so there will be some more boobs and more punishment and more Santa. There's a lot of boobs in this movie. There is a lot of boobs. She is, in fact, the fourth boobs. Fourth, so, fourth set of boobs. Fourth boobs in. Um, yeah, there is, and it it helps us solidify this. We see really quickly rapid fire 
uh, sort of in this order, Santa Boob's punishment. And then we see in a slower pace, so we really get it this time, we see Boob's punishment Santa. Yeah. Ah, different order. And then later we see Santa Boob's punishment. Or Santa Punishment Boobs, or Boobs Santa Punishment. We see a whole mix mash of slower beats as far as those three themes go as the movie goes forward. Speaking of going forward, Sister Margaret has got herself a wonderful idea. Oh, what's this wonderful idea? Well, you know, Billy is now 18 years of age, uh, and he could use himself a job. But it's Christmas time, so perhaps... A toy store is where he ought to work. I don't think so. I think that he should go to the No Santa Anti-Christmas League and... Can he hang out with, like, people who celebrate Hanukkah or perhaps, like, Kwanzaa? What's Salt Lake City? Do Mormons even do Christmas? I have no idea. Like, he needs to, like, hang out with people of different face or no face. Yeah, no face would be best. Yeah, no face would be best. Um, because uh, Christmas just isn't your thing, pal. Uh, but he's going to be a stock boy in the back. Um, and this is just the... This is where we meet Billy for real. Be- well, where we meet Billy for real, but, you know... Maybe it's not that bad of an idea because it is labor. It's hard work. He's in the back. doesn't have to deal with people. And it's just toys. And his boss, Mr. Sims, seems like a bit of a Grinch anyway. Seems like a bit of a Grinch, but uh, he doesn't even want anything to do with Billy, honestly. But Because uh, he's like, I need a... It's like stock boy. I need a man. I need a man to do. It's a lot of heavy lifting. Um, in comes this man of wax. This fucking... Clay Adonis, this fucking strapping Hulk, square jawed, flex beef broth type motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Flex beef broth. That's yeah, a mystery science theater thing. Okay. Yeah. He he sort of looks like um, uh, flowers in the attic reject. Well, you know, well, there's that too. He was too beefy. He was he, somewhere between flowers in the attic and Rocky. Oh my god, he was so much like that. That's the fucking perfect fucking description. Rocky. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that, like, listen, if Billy grew up, like, that good looking at that place, like, all those fucking nuns, they don't get any sex, and all of a sudden, this fucking good looking young guy. That's why they had to get rid of him. Get him a job. Get him out of the orphanage. Away. Push him away. That's why Sister sister Margaret was like, listen, he's too sexy, and I can't, I can't anymore. We got to get rid of this kid. Yeah. Yeah. That was exactly the motivation, I think. I don't know if Billy is so much into it, but he certainly goes along with it. And that's where we get this fucking long-ass sequence where we just meet a whole cast of characters. We got the fucking poon hound best friend that works with him in the back that wears cowboy boots. Like his zany boss probably always trying to do get-rich-quick schemes. Who looks like Mr. Belding or something. Something like that. We got the, the, the love interest who's like... You know, Billy's always trying to get a date, but she'll never go out with him and, you know, that type of stuff. And when he does wrangle a date, he screws it up somehow. And that's the end of it. It's yeah, like, we meet all of this during the song One Side of the Door, which fuck. is just like a sitcom intro. And it even it kind of ruins our first real hint as an adult, as an 18-year-old Billy, when he spies Santa. They unroll a fucking parchment with Santa Claus's face on it, and he looks like he is going to shit his guts out of rage and fear. 
And meanwhile, this goony-ass fucking song is playing. They play the whole song, people. <laughs> the whole song. The whole fucking song. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's great. Oh, my God. I really hope that somebody makes a cover of this for you. Um, yeah. But that aside, because it is like they cut to create this whole sitcom scene, and then we're back to the movie. Yeah. it's really That song really undercuts that whole bit of tension, though. Everything seems all right. I mean, Billy is... Uh, doing his job except he's getting a little funky a little funky and weird like his co-worker says you're just staring at me sometimes like you're a moon goon or whatever that's supposed Fuck, to mean I know. because it's been noticed that he's sort of zoning out it's getting closer to christmas so he's starting to like see a lot more triggering things and i typically don't like the word triggered i try and avoid that word because it has become like a, a buzzword that has lost a lot of meaning well for people that it would be important for. But this, like you pointed out when we're watching, this is the poster boy for being triggered. Holy shit. There's a sequence in this movie where I'm like, anytime anyone ever says that they've been triggered by anything, I just fucking imagine this close-up of Billy's face while he's like imagining every bad thing that's ever happened at Christmas. It is extremely sad, really, if you take the camp out of it, the low-budget feel, all of those things that that take away from the serious nature of this film. Um, and I'm not trying to make mountains out of molehills here. When they proposition him with a another duty at his job. Yeah, and you know what? This time I can't even come down on them. I mean, Sims looks way more like Santa Claus than Billy does. It's like, I guess a fucking, like... Billy's like that new, like, Kurt Russell Santa Claus from the Christmas special that's been going around lately. Like, the Santa Claus that works out and fucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sims looks like Santa Claus from the Coca-Cola ads. Like a real Santa Claus. <clears throat> but you know what? You put a little flat suit on me, a little red this and that, and a little ermine trim and jingle bells and a big old wig and beard and a hat. I could need rubber boots, big black belt. Oh, would you oh, be a good... Oh, oh. oh, my God. That's very accurate, I know, actually. Right? I'm good, yeah. Very authentic, as uh-huh. I'll say. Although, you'd be a good, like, gothy Mrs. Claus. Get Chris to be a gothy Santa Claus. Dashing, dashing while being... Dashing through the snow while being very dashing, because he's very oh, tall. Oh, dashing smells the snow. Like, no really. snow. Let's stay nice and cozy warm. He'll just be dashing. He'll just be dashing, but a very, like, you know... But that said, you could stick anyone in that goddamn suit and they'll work. Agreed. Right? They make him work. They make him work and he looks pretty santy. But he's fucking twitching out and... Threatening children. Yeah. Immediately. Although they can't really hear what he's saying, so their parents think he's doing just fine. Oh, he's so great with kids. He's like whisper-threatening a little girl. Like, I'll punish you. It's like, there's gonna... It's like, you're naughty. You're naughty. I'm gonna punish you. So stop it. Stop it. Stop moving. (laughs) It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, um, My uncle had done a couple stints as a mall Santa. Really? Here and there. And it's not really... Like, he's great with kids, but he's not great with, like, dirty, filthy, screaming things. But, I don't know, it was something to do, you know. I've, I've... pushed myself out of my boundaries stretched my horizons a little in small ways like that before i can totally understand it but i do have a friend who uh plays a clown he's a professional clown and at christmas he does santa Mm. and this is the second or third year i think he's done what's called sensitive santa and i think that our friend billy would have 
benefited from something like this where instead of when the mall is open and you can go visit Santa and it's insane and gross and horrible um, and a reason for me to avoid the mall even and something that my parents never thankfully subjected me to um, he does sensitive Santa for kids that don't like all that noise and it's kind of geared toward autistic and autism spectrum and related children or just children that are not into that screaming yelling other children scene and it's quiet it's long there's no one else in the mall when it's going on and he doesn't do the big loud ho ho ho's there's no jingling bells no flashing lights there's no screeching owls there's no, none of that um and it's simply like you can walk up and have a chat with santa you don't have to sit on his knee or any of those things that have made Santa so traumatic to a lot of people, mm. whether they saw their parents slaughtered in front of one by one or not. And their mother's boobs out for Jesus and Santa to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it, like, he would have benefited from that sort of thinking, but no, we're dealing with 70s nuns. I remind myself. 70s nuns who don't really know what they're talking about. Um, yeah, so... I guess everything is going to be all right because this is like the ultimate immersion therapy. He is Santa Claus. Like when I make myself drink out of a wine glass. That's very good. Or when you ride the escalator. Oh. I've had to go through um, revolving doors the past little while. How you doing with that? Good. I hold the back of it so it moves real slow. It makes me feel a lot better and I probably won't get decapitated. I sort of hug the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. a key to getting through a decapitation door. I mean, a revolving door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a decapitation door. If I could follow you around and literally rip all those things apart so you can go through and they won't rotate, I would. Thank you. That would be great. <laughs> In fact, let's arrange that. Let's arrange that. So I'm getting like yeah, yeah, restricted okay. here talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about We're all, decapitation you know what? doors. Let's talk about something more fun. Let's talk about nudity and death because of it. Oh, good. Okay. Because, oh, it's the part of Christmas that everyone loves the best. Drunk Christmas parties with loud adults and stupid music and, you know, dry humping. See, I don't blame him now. If that was the motivation for this, I get it. I get it. I fucking hate drunk people, too. I fucking hate drunk people on Christmas. And I fucking hate drunk horny people the very most. And I hate lame parties with five fucking people at them where you're just like... Lamer, even lamer work parties with five fucking people yeah, at them. Yeah, yeah. Although, Mrs. Randall's pretty cool. She's pretty cool and randomly has the most survival instincts of everybody. Yeah, I know, right? That's what you get being a high school music teacher. Or not even a... It's a pre... I swear she's a preschool music teacher. She has that sort of aura. If The only way that it would be even better is she had like a giant bead necklace. But not pearls. Like just like random big plastic beads. Yeah. Like that to me is like the ultimate like... Oh, you you play the piano at school in in the school auditorium during assemblies and stuff like that. Like that's what you do. Speaking of piano, I swear to God that the same pianist is used in Polka Dot Door. I don't know if it's just me. If there's other Maybe. TVO fans out there, I, I swear it's the same sort of piano player. Although they do use a lot of other like waterphone and other other musical they instruments do. through this. Yeah, it's really atmospheric that way. But, but the piano stuff is very polka dot door. You know, the, this this lady that uh, Billy has uh, been kind of sweet on, 
You know, and like, you know, not so much with like a lot of dialogue, but they had a couple of scenes together. No, and it seems pretty sweet and Christian, although we know as the audience that he has these flashbacks of his mom's titties and the death and the killing and the Santa and the sex he saw at the monastery or the mm-hmm. orphanage when he was there that resulted in beatings all around. Mm-hmm. And so- he had a fantasy about her, about being bare naked with a girl. Bare naked with a girl. Yeah. In bed. In bed. In his little tiny bed. In his little tiny bed with his butt out for Jesus and Santa to see. Like, it was crazy. And then he got stabbed in the buttock. And then it turned into being eviscerated entirely right up the gullet, stem to stern, as it were. And then he woke up in bed, sweating, crouched in a ball. Awkward boner. Uh, Well, I don't know if there was so much awkward boner, but it was mostly flashbacks to being beaten by nuns. Hey, that worked. Never mind. Uh, so, we know that he's kind of smitten, but what's going on? It's like it's almost like a weird uh, Christmas version of that scene from The Burning. Oh, I thought you were going to say The Accused. Oh. Yeah, but it is, yes. Well, it's just like, guy goes off with a girl, and it's not Billy, and, and he like watches, and then all of a sudden it's like, she... Like, you know, yeah, she wanted to kiss a little bit. She didn't want any more than that. But this guy's, like, trying to, like, fucking tear her top off. And then, like, she rejects him. And then um, basically tries to fucking rape her. And Billy sees the whole thing. And this is where he's, like, getting triggered. He's dressed as Santa. He is seeing naughty behavior. He has now become the instrument of punishment and the embodiment of everything he fears. I am Billy. I am Santa Claus. I am judge, jury, and executioner. I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's close to what was running through his mind. That's what I hear. I think what was really running through his mind was just naughty. Not, yeah, probably naughty. naughty. Punish, naughty, punish. Like, yeah. wherever the fuck. Awesome. We, but we've had some boobs. We've yeah. had some Santa. Then we've had some boobs. Now we need some punish. He, let's talk a little bit about the superhuman fucking strength of one Mr. Billy. He doesn't look like that big of a dude. He doesn't look like he's six foot million. He's not a giant tree person. He did pick up a little tiny Cindy Lou Who during our montage of one side of the door. And his friend isn't that big. He's a small guy. But... He picks him up with some Christmas lights around the neck single-handedly. Yeah, lifts him up at least three feet into the air and just strangles him to death and then kills his would-be lady friend. Well, I suppose what she was doing was naughty only because of, like, proximity. I don't like this uh, atmosphere of victim-blaming Billy. Like she, was- I don't either, but I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to really dissect every single line she has in case there's something in there that we could say, okay, it was because of that. Well, she is going to get dissected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's going to take that fucking box cutter and uh, cut her up. And then, and then you're kind of like, oh man, like we were introduced to like Billy's new life as an 18 year old, uh, very hunky box boy in a toy store. This this uh, brand new sitcom. On ABC. One Side of the Door. One Side of the Door. Starring Billy Chapman. Yeah, it's Billy Chapman. Um, and now he's killing his funny cast of characters. It become the last half of that Too Many Cooks viral video, right? And then uh, 
his stupid boss, Mr. Simpson, because he heard something. He's drunk. And by the way, if you ever want to see somebody overacting being drunk, I was like, have you only ever seen someone drunk in like a fucking uh, like Looney Tunes short? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. Yeah. Mr. Belding himself. Yeah, he gets a fucking hammer, hammered in the head. Mm-hmm. Now, Chris had pointed out this is that actor's photo on Internet Movie Database. So that is the photo that identifies this gentleman to the world. He's like, listen, I'm the guy in this movie that got a hammer in his head. That's all you need to know about my career. <laughs> Pretty much. Hey, listen, I would love to be known for something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, me too. Although with the death of the other stock guy, uh, not so much the death of Mr. Sims, but the death of the stock guy, it begins this thing that is probably the only irksome thing for me through this whole film is that people do not fucking die that quickly. Oh my God. The Iceman would tell you that when you hang somebody, you got to put a lot more force into it. It takes a lot longer to, to kill somebody than that. Minutes. Later on, yeah, li- oh my God, if not longer. And you might not do the whole job and they'll come to after. Yeah. I mean, he's probably not fucking dead, unfortunately. It just doesn't, it doesn't sit with me. If there's one thing that true crime has done and very, very realistic bleak horror and serial killer horror has done is played on that and really done the research as far as the medical what it takes to actually kill somebody we're pretty hardy mm-hmm. we are very hardy uh so this sort of death just doesn't sit as believable whatsoever unfortunately and there's quite a few of them in this film and that's if i have something that is an irksome mm-hmm. thing that i usually don't complain about it's not something i will dislike a film for i just do notice it we've got another one coming up very shortly with a bow and arrow I, don't th- I think it misses every major organ. <clears throat> yeah, that definitely seems like a very survivable injury yeah. that she gets. But, I mean, our music teacher definitely does get ace. I like that she tried to do the old, like, my hat's over here and you think I'm... And then, I was like, you could have just hid behind those boxes. You didn't have to burst out and run away. Although she probably didn't realize that he had access to a fucking bow and arrow in a toy store. That could literally kill you. No, and neither would I. Lawn darts at that time, yes. Yes. But a bow and arrow, no. Um, Yeah, because she goes to check on Mr. Sims. Santa comes after her with an axe, Hmm. which is great. I love the Santa with an axe. Um, I liked it from the artwork and I like it in the film very, very much. Santa with a bow and arrow doesn't really doesn't really jive for me but it works for her death although it isn't something that would looks like it would kill a person but it kills her instantly and she falls in this wonderful little display sort of those window type displays that you see with the fake snow and the little animatronic santas and mrs claus and a little little village it's like Candyland, north pole and a little train and dead lady with the bow and arrow and all the blood and the hey 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 that's the windows i like but they this is one of those scenes they had to cut back in because they do pan up from the dead body to a santa Mm. and that's the sort of thing that the mpa was all cranky about true actually the version that we watched was the really nice uh digital uh version on shutter and but we you could see where they had like spliced in some of the scenes it's just a different picture quality there's really not a lot you could do with that because a lot of this stuff would have been cut from i like old negatives and stuff like that so but you'd think well okay that was the five people that worked at this fucking toy store so credits no because sister margaret's hot on the case she is hot on the case she had a feeling 
when they suggested that he was going to be dressed up as Santa Claus, because she called, I like this idea that Sister Margaret just like called the toy store and said like, hey, where's, uh, wh- how's Billy doing? And he's like, oh, he's not in the back anymore. He's Santa Claus. And I was like, oh, yes, the permanent position of Santa Claus. Like, he's clearly just doing the boss a temporary favor. And probably just for that one day, right? Exactly. Because it was like Christmas Eve. Yeah. And then it's Christmas Day. It's like, you don't need a Santa in the store on December 26th, do you? So from there, she's in hot pursuit, but he's out on the the lam. He's out in the world now looking for naughty people. But he's got his formula. He needs some boobs. Yep. Enter Linnea Quigley. Yeah, where are you going to find some boobs on Christmas Eve? Oh, Linnea Quigley. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, if any situation you just need some boobs in a horror movie, like, you can, there's like a, like a bat signal just for Linnea. It's just boobs in the air. Yeah. She'll show up. Bat boobs. Yeah, yeah, bat My boobs. My people need me. My people need me. I know, I enjoy this very much. I, I really like this particular delivery from her because she does play this very well. Horny boyfriend type guy yeah. on the pool table, getting yeah, it on the pool, on the pool table, table of all things. Uh, and the little girl upstairs doesn't want to go to sleep, but she keeps chewing her away so that she can make out with her wax Adonis. No, clay Adonis. He's a man of wax. It's a Shakespearean a compliment. Oh, okay, okay. Romeo and Juliet style. Really? Okay. Yeah. Man of wax. Um, that doesn't sound very hot to me, but whatever. Oh, you don't want it to get hot because it'll melt. Yeah, true. That's what I was thinking with a man of wax. But anyhow... <laughs> Um, keeps chewing the kid away and has to stop the love making. Mm. I try and say it like you and I can't. I love the love making. Yes. And then she has to go upstairs to let the cat in because she heard the jingling. Here we are as the audience just petrified. Oh my God. We know who jingles. We know who jingles. He is like the ancient Chinese warrior Gan Ning. He had the nickname of Gan Ning of the Bells, a warrior and pirate so um, unafraid of battle, he would adorn himself in bells and enter the battlefield so people could hear him coming and know it was him. This is Billy is Billy of the Bells. He's so unafraid, such a powerful warrior that he says, listen to my jingling bells. And no, your death cometh. It is actually the cat, though, at the door. Oh, yeah, there is that. Yeah, it was actually the cat. Although we get to see some really hot babysitter Denise. She comes up in just her shorts. Jesus Christ. Like, like she is in her panties. She puts on the tightest, smallest jean shorts I've ever seen on a human being. No top. Goes to the front door. Opens it. Stands there. Why did you put on the jean shorts, man? Like, yeah, for like, your why not modesty? Just your panties, really. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That whole, I love that whole house. Especially by the considering way. the theory that women's genitalia is basically covered, and that's not the part that should be covered if you're uh, claiming modesty at all, because our real sex organs are our boobs, and those are the things that should be covered because they are the. Um, the face of sex, as far as a woman goes, mm. her genitalia not so much because we have the Mount Venus and the labia and stuff that cover the actual genitalia when you're standing upright, mm. not you know on display. But oh. yeah, the thing that is on display, whether you like it or not, are our boobs. So she's basically walking up there with her sex organs, just wiggling it. But that's just a theory, right? It's a good theory. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, these boob theories we should go more uh, in depth in uh, in more more episodes I feel but for now we have Billy of the Bells here 
into this house with its faux wood paneling, its tiger paintings everywhere, shag carpeting. Yeah, fake wood paneling. And, of course, a giant deer. Yeah, absolutely. Taxidermy deer with the biggest <clears throat> antlers. Like, I don't even think it's a deer. I think it's something else. It's got to be like an elk or something. An or elk? Yeah, but it's just got such four. There are so many horned creatures that are uh, like in the same sort of family as deer and elk and moose and stuff that we, well. Maybe it's a reindeer because it's Christmas. No, a reindeer has totally different antlers. They have felted antlers, too, that are blunt into the back like a moose. Like, it could very well be an elk, but I think it's even got more forward antlers than that because I'm not really sure that, or this is just a Linnea Quigley holder. She uh, gets picked up like a child. Listen, she's a very tiny woman. Yeah, picks her up like like she's a child. And just skewers her on these fucking things. It's a great sequence. I love this scene. Dies instantly because that's what people do in this universe. Yeah. Well, maybe she died of, like, catastrophic boob failure catastrophic boob failure well her boyfriend doesn't know what's going on she's taken a while she's taken a while okay so this motherfucker somehow Linnea uh, Denise will say heard a jingling of the cat at the front door while music was playing in the basement of this big house she goes up to the front door this fucking guy Billy bursts through the door like Jason Voorhees. Yeah, like through the door. Kicks like it, right kicks through the fucking through door. She, she is murdered. He is just down there shooting pool. Can't hear a thing. Can't hear a thing. Comes upstairs, doesn't even see her at first. And oh then he turns God, around and there's, this is a second one of those where somebody walks into a room and looks the other way and looks around and then turns around to the body reveal. It's cute. He gets thrown out a window, yeah. which at first I thought, oh, what a bummer. That's not going to be very bloody at all. But it is. Oh, yeah. He has a huge piece of glass in him. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Little Cindy Lou Who, one of many <laughs> Cindy Lou Who's in this film. This little tiny girl that's being babysat sees Santa walking by her door on his way out. Now he asks her a question if she's been naughty. He asks her three times. And we know children don't lie, especially when you ask them a question. They're like um, witches. Like you have asked them the same question three times. They have to answer yes. Now, when she convinces him that she's been a good girl all year... He gets a bloody box cutter, or she gets a bloody box yeah, cutter. Yeah, he gives her a gift, so to speak, of this bloody box cutter. And I like the look on this kid's face. I will say that these, these some of these child actors, the Cindy Lou Who later on in the orphanage, this Cindy Lou Who, and the little boy whose name is Jonathan Best, who played little tiny Billy Chapman, all he had to do was say, <gasps> that sold him to me. You know, sign that kid up. Make him do serial commercials. He's very good. Go back in time and make him do serial commercials. Because he's probably not, like, five anymore. Probably not. Yeah. But I like this little child actor. The look on her face is priceless. As to Santa's giving me a bloody bark cutter. What the fuck? That's very good. So he goes out on the night again. Out on the prowl. This time the movie's going to come to a screeching halt. Because we're gonna like enter like a Fred Savage Christmas movie with, for like, whatever reason, like an entire fucking dialogue sequence between characters who apparently know each other but we've never met before, and we're gonna watch two bullies go tobogganing. Yeah, it, it makes absolutely no sense, and there's no reason for him to be traipsing through the woods anyway. If he's traipsing through the woods and wanted to kill somebody, it could have been like a four second scene, but instead we got to introduce 
that the two friends, the two bullies, the history of these people, and then have probably the most intense and exciting tobogganing scene I've ever seen in my life. There was a hill near my house that was part of the property of a public library on Alta Vista Drive. And it was very small, very pathetic. Was it as pathetic as this hill? No, it was more hardcore and edgy. Yeah. <laughs> this was like a triple black diamond compared to this fucking hill that these kids went down and were screeching their brains out. Yeah, it's hilarious because I don't think these people had any idea. I don't think anyone on this entire set or anything, anyone within like 100 fucking miles of this set and these human beings. And I don't think they've ever met anybody, even to this day, who has ever gone sledding. Were you a saucer fan, a carpet, toboggan, or GT snow racer? Oh, we never had a GT snow racer. I wanted one. But we had uh, crazy carpets and saucers. That's what we had. Saucers are fucking deadly, aren't they? Oh, my God. Because what happens is is you 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 stay forward-facing on a saucer for mm, three seconds. Yeah. And then you're no longer fucking facing front. Saucers are great. Saucers are my favorite. Saucers are when you take a triple black diamond <clears throat> sliding hill on a saucer, then that is, that is the shit. That's when you're just like, I don't want to live anymore. It's great. That's when you're going down places like Dead Man's Hill yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And aiming for the rocks as best you can in the saucer. Because aim, question mark, you can't do that. No, there's yeah. nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? One of these bullies are going to get punished. This breaks the formula because there's no boobs. You're right. Maybe he had enough boobs for the rest of the movie from Linnea Quigley onward. Linnea does have boobs that will last you. Yeah, it's true. They're lasting me. <laughs> They're lasting me till the next time I watch a movie she's in. Really, truly. Um, yeah, no, I think that, that this is where the boobs stop because he doesn't need them or get them. No, he doesn't get them anymore, but he does get more murder. Sister Margaret's got herself a plan. Sort of. She has an idea where he might be headed. Where would he go next? Back to the orphanage. Back to where it all began. The second time. Yeah, the second time. Because it's also the source of the second boobs he ever saw. True. Yeah. And guess what? It's Christmas. It is. It's not Christmas Eve anymore. It's now the morning. All the little toddlers are in the orphanage or open up their present. Mother Superior is still alive. She's in a, a wheelchair now. That's how you know she's older. Yeah, that's the only way you know she's older because you wouldn't guess this from his brother, Ricky, um, who was a toddler when he was five, mm-hmm. who was probably five when he was eight, and is probably six now that Billy's 18, which makes absolutely no goddamn sense math-wise. Maybe he's got like that Gary Coleman disease where he's just real little. I don't think so because he ages. Oh, that's yeah. true. It makes no sense. Garbage day. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Uh, that's why I had that always confusion with the line earlier, way earlier in the film, when he's getting dragged in by Mother Superior to get the strap for seeing people make out. Ricky says that. What's wrong or what's the big problem? Someone says to Ricky, what I thought was, because Mother's a nutcase, that's why. I thought it was because mother's a nutcase, but it's because your brother's a nutcase. Because I assumed that the kid would still be a baby, so I figured that this baby would only be like two and not really talking yet. But the because your brother is a nutcase, that's why line reminded me that Ricky would have been, I don't know, in that scene he looks like five or six. And he's still five or six. 
18 years later or yeah. 10 years later sorry yeah it makes no sense it makes absolutely no fucking sense and for the most part you wouldn't know that that was the character like i missed that so many times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. watching this movie i was like what oh um there's something there's another line that there's a, that i got wrong that i'll tell you when it when it comes up because it's one of the last lines of the movie that i for years thought was something else okay okay um like a fucking bad song lyric reading but this follows like one of the most heinous murders uh of like a random person like the most heinous of course being laurie strode's boyfriend in halloween 2 definitely where he's just like just fucking gets blown up and you're like oh yeah it's him well no one cares i guess yeah hit my um, car blown up and yeah no one cares um i, don't, I was like i always wonder like did laurie ever find out about that she must have um, when she went back to school the next day and was like, oh, he also died. When all of a sudden a Santa gets shot as children are like reaching out to him and so happy to see him, Santa gets lit up in the back by a cop. This could have been the second Santa fatality if these two bumbling cops, the just lost cops cops, wouldn't have been stopped by the mother and the daughter for busting into someone's house and shooting a Santa just because it was a Santa creeping in a window. But it was a Santa creeping into a window that he owned because it was his house and it was he was surprising his daughter yeah that could have been the second santa fatality in this goddamn keystone cops bullcrap they shot a deaf priest they shot a deaf fucking priest dressed as santa claus visiting children at an orphanage it is (laughs) it gets funny every time you say it i know right it's like gets lit up like a fucking christmas tree just like that santa in rabid the mall santa that gets shot and you're like, what the fuck? It's like, and and so you think, oh, okay, well, maybe they were wrong. Well, if he's not going to the orphanage, where is he going? Oh, no, Billy's at that orphanage. He axes that cop to death later. Yeah, yeah. He's been sneaking around because I guess he saw the commotion. There's only room in this town for one Santa, and he'll let the deaf priest get gunned <clears throat> down first. Yeah, and then he'll take that Santa Claus's power, like the quickening. Exactly. There can be only one. Yeah. So, yeah, he heads in there to further traumatize another gang of children because these children have just seen a fucking deaf priest dressed as Santa get gunned down in front of them. Don't you worry. (laughs) I'm worried, though. I'm worried. No, it's okay. Because Mother Superior's got a plan, Lids. Oh, does she? Get me out my my pitch whistle or whatever the fuck it is. (laughs) Yeah. And and we're all just going to sing... Christmas carols. Real ones this time. Actually, as a yeah. Footnote. Yeah, not made up ones for the movie. Real Christmas but carols. This um, seems silly, but it also, if I could go back to my, my nunnery rant, this also is indicative of a very, you know, I don't want to just say Christian, but a very much uh, waspy, very stoutly religious Catholic, um, everything's fine. Let's just all sing. Let's just all sing. The glory of God will enter our hearts. Everything will be okay. And if anything, this will soothe the savage beast. And our thoughts and prayers go out to that deaf old Santa. That you all just saw got shot. Yeah, and yeah. you guys will be fine. And if you guys... That you're still splattered with the blood of. Yeah, and so, like, listen, moping is not going to fucking solve anything, people. Mm-hmm. So stop moping. You just saw a man gunned down in front of you. Get over it. Yeah. It's, it, it tracks with her attitude earlier when dealing with Billy. Of you know what's going to happen? I'm going to I've punished Billy. Now he's going to sit on Santa's knee and behave. That's how this works in her mind. True. Yeah. I will give Mother Superior this. 
she faces Billy like a fucking badass, in my opinion. She does. She not afraid. She is an old, old woman in a wheelchair, and Billy comes in. The kids let him because kids are like mesmerized by Santa. All these movies are the same. If a kid sees someone dressed as Santa, they'll do whatever they say. Yeah. Um. So you know, teach your kids not to listen to someone just because they're dressed as Santa. Please and thank you. She stares him down and basically tells him like. Santa is not real. Santa's not real. And it's crazy to me that at 18 years old, that like nobody ever said to him, Santa's not real, man. Like there is no well, Santa aside Claus. From the Santa, like I'm sure he knows Santa's not real. Like he's not dumb. He looks a little dumb, but he's not dumb. <clears throat> I think it's, she's saying something bigger than that. Santa, as you conceive of him, isn't real. Santa. The boobs, the punishment, the death isn't real. You're not Santa. And he rears that axe, and she just has like this this moment of resolve. She just closes her eyes, and she's like, death is coming. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm glad she didn't screech out in terror. I don't like this character, Mm -hmm. um, because she's indicative of a lot of problems. But my biggest complaint with any human being on planet Earth is like that they do not have core values and this woman has core values this woman has things that she believes in devoutly she's not afraid to die like she's not like and and she's not afraid of him and i was like oh that's badass and then when he gets shot by the cops because there's margaret and the police officer and he gets lit up and kids get to see another santa claus die Mm -hmm. um and he reaches out to her and holds onto her arm she just like pulls it away and just like looks down him with contempt i'm like all right, you kind of turning me on to your like you're a badass now. Like. She totally is, but she, that's something that's really, really against the cloth that yeah. she did just right there. True, but. like just there, it's a complete lack of compassion. Yeah. She is looking at him as a totally lost soul. Something that's like I knew all along that you were just lost, and I tried, and look how you disappointed not just me but yourself. Yeah. This line that Billy says at the end of the film for years, I thought was way different. What did you think he said? I thought when he looked to those children, I thought he said, Santa is God. Oh. I did. He really says Santa is gone. Don't worry, kids. Santa's gone. Like, and in that way, he was like, oh, thank God. I was Santa and I'm dying. That means everyone's safe because Santa's dead. Yeah. I thought he was saying that, like, especially in this place with nuns. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you can see the sheer terror wash over the children. Where, where he was basically saying, like, Santa is God. The thing that you worship, the thing that is omnipotent, all-powerful, creator of all things. The thing that you get beat for. Yeah, is Santa Claus. <laughs> is- I'm sorry, that's awesome. That's what I thought. I like it your way better. Like that's what I thought he was fucking saying because yeah. like Santa is God. Could you could even take that to like capitalism and consumerism and and we are obsessed with possession of objects and why like your line better yeah Yeah. like but like for years I thought Santa is God was what the fucking final line was. It wasn't until very recently. Like, I want to say in the last, like, five years that I knew that it was Santa is gone. Okay. Okay. Lovely. Mm-hmm. And what is the very last line in this film? Naughty. Mm-hmm. Setting us up for 
a well-deserved sequel. Well-deserved sequels, right? Which you know, maybe we should have done it. Maybe we'll do it next year. Who knows? I really, I really liked part twos of things. You do like part twos of things. I do. I do. So I, I think I'd like to congratulate myself for doing a part one of something first. I always congratulate you anytime that you sit down and indulge my dumb dumb obsession with Christmas. Especially with the jing jing jingling. Can you hear it? Jing, jing. The jing jing jingling. There. I can. Maybe the cat wants in. Ooh. Anyhow, so well, I had let it out of the bag earlier. What we have coming up next? Thirty days of night. We do. We are going to delve in, and we're going to have a nice little chat. I think because one of the reasons I wanted to do this: a, it's a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. B, I love vampires. Like I love love talking about vampires. And C, I almost said three, and I was going to like disrupt my own like list system it's a great opportunity to talk about vampire films transitioning from the gothic to the modern oh i thought you were going to say it's a good way to talk about our sponsor vamps bar and bites in toronto it's bar and bites kids not bar and bites the only vampire themed bar (laughs) in toronto (laughs) fucking vamps bar and bites yeah, Vamps Bar and Bites. They have a comedy night with an open mic. Bring a mic. Bring a microphone and you will get free beer. Domestic. Domestic. Yeah. And you be the DJ. Bring your iPod. I will bring my iPod. Not <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Thank you, Vamps Bar and Bites. Uh, and thanks for advertising with us. As you know, podcast business future. Yeah, podcast business future. <laughs> Podcast is business future. Twitter is business future. I heard that, yeah. We just get to just sticky in another winter scenario, this time with vampires. I like winter scenario with vampires. I like the whole blood and snow thing, you know, like Let the Right One In did a lot of that for me as far as vampire snow. There's not enough of it. I can see how it's a hard thing to marry, and it's done so eloquently here. And you're right, it does take us out of that sort of trope of gothic vampire into modern mm-hmm. i'm wes snipe i'm typical lydia and you've been listening to dead air i'm looking for the warm side of the door where the fire's bright and it's burning every night
dark side of the door.